This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. Third topic with Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How about you? Round three. That's right. I appreciate you doing this for me. I like us hitting one topic. It allows it allows our viewers to come in and go, which topic do I want to hit? Or maybe they hit all three. And folks, remember, Greg Dickerson has his own playlist on this channel, hours and hours of material. But Greg, you also run a growing YouTube channel yourself. Why don't you share that with the audience? Yeah, yeah, it's the Greg Dickerson um, YouTube channel. So just Greg Dickerson Real Estate, and you'll see me pop up everywhere. And for those of you that have been watching and want Michael and I to debate and have disagreements, the first two episodes of today, we did have some different <laughs> yes. sides of uh, the, the equation. We took some some different um, ideas there and have differing opinions on recovery and stuff. So go check those out if you're looking for us to not agree. Yeah, actually, yeah, we, we pushed and pulled a little bit there. Uh, just so we know, folks, when in doubt, I, I, I bet on Greg, not me, but we did disagree a couple of times. But this one, I think we agree on. This is going to be, there's been a lot of deep pockets. A lot of big money has been raised. And frankly, it's already being deployed. Most guys in my level aren't even seeing it. Uh, people at your level probably are seeing it. And then let's be clear, there's people above you that are gobbling up opportunities in debt, mezzanine, short term. Uh, they're buying movie theaters and hotels. It is, we are going to see um, some pretty fantastic deals done uh, by people w- willing to pick up distress. Because there are some businesses that, you know, just need to change hands. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, they'll come back. And that's what I was alluding to in the first episode, I think it was when I said the biggest opportunity in 2021 and beyond is going to be in, in entrepreneurship, it's going to be in, um, you know, business and, you know, consolidation, uh, because there are assets on sale right now. So a lot of these, you know, investors and companies um, that have been stockpiling cash now have the opportunity to go out and instantly have a presence. So um, movie theaters, you know, and I can't remember which one it is, AMC or Regal, one of those, I think is in, is in the acquisition or, or, or you know, they're being purchased right now. Mm-hmm. There's some gym chains that are being purchased, big ones, yeah. you know, Anytime Fitness, I think is one of them. Um, so there's going to be a lot of consolidation and a lot of opportunities. And it's much easier to buy a business than it is to start and build one in this day for and age, sure. brick and mortar, especially, you know, for those types of things, hotels, stuff like that. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that gets consolidated. Airlines is another one. You know, there was a big airline that was supposed to get purchased. I don't know if that ever went through. Wasn't a whole lot of news about it, you know, um, in terms of that. But what you're seeing now are these SPACs that are getting formed, special purpose acquisition companies that are basically um, uh, funds that are formed to um, raise money to buy companies uh, so that you don't have to go public as a company. The SPAC, you know, can raise the money and take take the company public without all of the you know, paperwork and, you know, stuff that you have to go through for a traditional IPO, but very interesting times. Yeah. And again, I think there's, again, I think there's just, there's likely trillions of dollars out there. And just for example, not only will there be deals done in distressed areas like theaters and gyms and all of that, but there's also going to be companies like Blackstone who are coming out and realizing that the consumer has changed. And what do I mean by that? 
they, they have realized that the urban living, right, the shoebox living is less appetizing. Uh, they're seeing home prices rise. So what are they doing? They're doing whole neighborhoods uh, as, as uh, rent to own or mm -hmm. uh, basically rental for homes. Rent. For yeah, rent, for rent homes, neighborhoods sorry. and subdivisions. Yeah. yeah. So they're building hundreds of homes and they're going to rent them all out. Yeah. I mean, that's just a tremendous opportunity, right? It, it's no I longer. I think that's a trend moving forward. And, you know, we're seeing it in the auto automobile industry with several manufacturers, Audi, Porsche, mm -hmm. uh, Mercedes, subscription. Yeah. So the reoccurring revenue subscription model is starting to reverberate through a lot of businesses. It all started with like Netflix and, you know, mm -hmm. now every, you know, Disney, um, 73 million, you yeah. know, um, subs, subscribers, yeah. uh, Disney you know, Plus. HBO, yeah, Apple. So everybody's got a subscription service. Now the automobile industry is doing it where you can choose different levels and pay, pay one payment a month. You don't have to do maintenance, insurance, any of that. And you can switch vehicles out every so often. So it could potentially be something that could be um, very effective in the housing market where, you know, you could just go from place to place to place, which there are programs like that. Mm -hmm. And let's say you're moving around or whatever, you rent this house here and then this company's got a house there and you just go to that one. And, you know, as you're moving around, whatever you want to do and trade up, mm -hmm. you know, and just keep running. So it's a pretty interesting time in terms of the subscription model in all kinds of different businesses. Yeah. And then again, I think there's just opportunities. I think it was in video one, you talked about your mom, uh, and brought up the whole idea of long-term care. Again, mm -hmm. I think the whole one thing we're learning in this crisis is a long-term care facility that's basically a big square rectangle, not the best way to keep people from passing stuff around. So again, yeah. I think there's going to be a business model. You know what? Let's go create little 600 square foot studios for everyone. And, you know, they have their little green belts and, you know, they have their, their space, right? Which reduces, you know, total sharing of stuff. And again, I think there's going to be tremendous opportunities for people who want to cruise lines. That. that one got, when you said that, so the first cruise yeah. <laughs> post coronavirus goes out and had to turn around and come I back. Saw that. You, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's really interesting, you know, to how's that industry going to change? You know, are people yeah. still going to get on cruises and, you know, obviously they are, and, you know, you have outbreaks on cruises of all kinds of stuff before COVID, you know, those things were a problem, but uh, airline industries, restaurants, you know um, it's very interesting and, and especially the subscription model, how many industries can that penetrate movies? I, I'm a, you know, Regal movie subscriber and we had unlimited movie pass with Regal before all this happened. And, mm. uh, you know, um, it's, it, it's a different, different environment out there. The, the car thing is really interesting. I had no idea there was car subscription services. Yeah. It's again, I think, I think the economy is just going to, it's going to boom. And again, I really think one of the things that's going to be interesting is the suburbs, right? This work from home, the technology investments, they're going to be there. What, yeah. what does, because again, one of the things that we're seeing today, I think we talked about this last week and it might've been before I asked you, how long does it take for a developer to build a new track? Because mm -hmm. I believe uh, where people want to go today, right? The suburb space, there's not really a lot of new home tracks, right? There's individual plots being homes being built, but there's nobody, nobody building big units, right? A lot of the stuff coming on market today is coming on in the wrong area, right? Class A in San Francisco, for example, wrong place, wrong time. But you know, I think there's going to be some some markets, some states specifically that win big, and they're going to see huge population inflows. And and we already know the likely winners, right? Arizona, Texas, Florida, things of that nature, Nevada, perhaps. Yeah, those are the areas. North Carolina, you know, Charlotte, you know, those areas where. And you saw the election. You know how these how these areas have changed because of the influx of yep. people in the demographics of of what's going on. And when you go to those areas, that's where you see huge subdivisions of you know 
10,000, 5,000 homes being built, huge, like okay. cities, you know, 1,000 yeah. here, 5,000 there. I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing. I mean, some of the biggest home builders out there are delivering, you know, 15 to 30,000 units a year. Wow. Single family. So, so I guess the big question I have there is, yes, there are tracks that are doing that. But I mean, I'm thinking like the number one market, according to Forbes is Boise, Idaho, I believe, if memory serves. <laughs> I'm not thinking there's a whole 30,000 home developments in Boise, Idaho, for example. Um, and that just means prices go up. I mean, if there's no building and there's more people mm -hmm. that want than there is inventory, prices go up, right? I mean, do eventually do builders see that as an opportunity and move in? Or what do you think? You know, it depends on the demographic and the long-term sustainability of it. So just take yeah. like North Dakota oil boom, right? So you had tons of people going mm -hmm. to North, North Dakota because of the oil boom. Right. And you just, you just can't just bring people in and start building housing fast enough to keep up with the demand. So what they do, they shipped in trailers and temporary, you know, huts for the workers because yeah. it's a temporary thing. Okay. So the question is, how long-term are these transplants going to be? And it's more sustainable in areas like, you know, Texas or mm -hmm. Arizona or Nevada or Charlotte, North Carolina or Atlanta, Georgia, right. you know, Florida. I mean, it's, it's those types of areas where you have more of a sustainable infrastructure in general than these small one-off areas that are, they're seeing kind of an influx right now. So as a builder, you're going to look at what's the long-term sustainability? What does the workforce look like? What's the supply chain logistical environment look like? And does it make sense when I can go to Texas and I've got foreseeable future of, you know, consistent positive net migration versus just this one little area. So, mm. um, and I'm looking at it right now, like Lennar in, you know, 2020, I mean, they're, they're 20.56 billion, you know, is wow. what they do in volume. So, um, you know, the top 10 home builders, when you look at their revenue, 17 to 20 billion, 9 billion, four and a half billion, you know, when you divide that by the average of two to 300 to 400,000, that's a lot of houses. That's a lot of houses. Yeah. And again, I just, the really the point of this video is there's been a lot of money sitting on the sideline. Uh, a lot of kind of the mom and pop individual investors like me probably think the opportunities are in 2021. I'm here to tell you the big money's already being deployed. They're going to sop up deals in 2020 that, that mom and pop never see in 2021. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. And the, and the discussions are, you know, in process right now. So those right. targeted acquisitions, you know, people are targeting them. They're looking at them. They're having those discussions now waiting for the right time. Um, you know, the interesting thing will be the retail environment. What does that look like after Christmas? So we're going to see a lot of stores, a lot of retailers, a lot of malls shut their doors after the holidays. You know, a lot of yeah. them want to get through that holiday push. They know vaccines, all that it's going to be six months to eight months, maybe a year before that can make any kind of real impact on shutdowns, you know, and, and where we're at right now. So that's not coming in January. We're not even going to be able to get the people that wanted the vaccine by the middle of next year. They're yeah. saying, you know, unless all of a sudden you get 10 different companies that all have this approved vaccine, then you might be able to speed that up. But yeah. we're looking at middle to next year. So there's going to be a lot of retail, a lot of restaurants, a lot of a lot of that industry is not going to be able to make it through the winter after the holidays. So that that's going to be interesting to see. Well, let's just, let's just close with this one. Cause I think we're both generally the glasses half full people, but I want to check. Mm -hmm. Are you more excited about the opportunities you see in the next year now than you were say two months ago? Yeah, because there's more certainty now. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We have some vaccines. Our treatments are getting better. This virus isn't, you know, as bad and systemic in terms of death, more yeah. morbidity that we, we thought know. it was. Um, 
and uh, we kind of know what we're dealing with, sort of, with the administration. So the a lot of the question marks are off the table. Once we get that last piece resolved, then you know we have even more clarity. But yeah, I think there's more certainty now than there was two months ago, and even even six months ago when it all started. Yeah, I would I would give the same exact answer. I mean, we were in it. It was dark. It was dingy. We just didn't know how long it would be. We both knew there would be a light. I think we had videos like that. It would come. We just didn't know when. Uh, yeah. Started last week you know, both Monday and then, you know, it's like you said, yeah, there's just more certainty. So I'm, I feel a lot better sitting here today than I did uh, even a month ago. And this isn't a real systemic economic problem like 2008-9 was. So we know all we got to do is get people healthy, take this whole thing, take coronavirus out of the equation and the light switches back on. Very cool. Well, thank you for your time today, Greg. This has been a lot of fun. I enjoyed all three episodes. Yeah, it was a good time. Thanks, Michael.